from the world famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, yeah. and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? It's the Friday and rather frigid edition of the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Detroit, Michigan, where the Pelicans are set to take on the Pistons tonight. Temperature on the way to shoot around this morning was zero degrees with a wind chill of minus 22. So our cold weather tour in January continues, certainly. And we understand that it's rather cold and icy back home, too. So hope that you're safe and warm on this Friday. We've got a lot to cover on our Friday program. Of course, a lot of it will have to do with the Pelicans matchup tonight against the Pistons. We'll uh, feature Monty Williams heavily today. Last night was the Monty Williams radio show on our flagship radio station, 105.3 WWL-FM. And I want to share a good portion of my visit with you, if not all of it, uh, on the Black and Blue Report today. We'll also visit with Joel Myers, the television voice of the Pelicans. We'll go over a couple matters surrounding the team, but uh, primarily we'll talk to Joel about the all-star starters that were announced last night on uh, TNT and get his thoughts on how things shook out in both the West and the East. And then a little bit later on in the show, Lee Zurich is our guest. Daniel Salerson got a chance to sit down with the uh, newsman from Fox 8, talk about a recent national prize for Lee and about his high school football playing days with Peyton Manning, who is taking center stage again at the Super Bowl in New Jersey for the Denver Broncos. So a nice show for you on this Friday. Don't forget you can follow on Twitter at BlackBlueReport, or you can follow me as well at Sean Kelly Live. Tonight's Pelicans game uh, will be covered not only on Fox Sports New Orleans, but on the Pelicans Radio Network. We may have a change in the starting lineup tonight. Keep that in mind. And certainly it will be fun to watch Anthony Davis play against Greg Monroe tonight. Monroe, of course, a New Orleanian who has uh, torn up the Pelicans quite a bit in his career, including a season high for points in the first meeting between these two back in December. The Pelicans won that game in overtime at New Orleans Arena. Davis did not play in that first meeting, so it's his first uh, ball game against Detroit this season as well. We'll talk more about that later on in the show. But when we come back, we'll start things up with Pelicans head coach Monty Williams right after this, our first time out. Here's a valuable lesson I've learned as an Intergy customer. Saving energy saves you money. And the online videos at EntergySavings.com show you how. A few simple projects can make a big difference in your bill. In just a few hours, I knocked my monthly bill down by 20%. It was easy. From caulking windows to programming your thermostat, the Intergy videos walk you through it. Visit EntergySavings.com and start saving today. That's the power of people. Intergy. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. 
Welcome back to our show today coming from Detroit, Michigan. Last night, sat down with head coach Monty Williams to talk about the Pelicans. Our Thursday night visits are usually our longest of the week. We'll get to cover a lot of topics. So I wanted to share that with you today on the Black and Blue Report. Here's our first segment from the Monty Williams show last night as we sat down with the head coach after a one and two week with the Pelicans. Coach, let me pick up where we left off a little bit last week. We had talked about the fact that you have a brand new team, in a sense, here in January. Uh, here now, a week since that conversation, what have you learned about your brand new team? When we play hard and understand a game plan and, and our opponent, uh, we can compete with anyone. Um, a lot of people have written us off because we've lost a lot of talent due to injuries, but I come from the school of thought that if you, if you play with a, a great level of intensity and force, you give yourself a chance to win. When we don't play that way, we don't have a shot. It's just there's a huge drop-off when we, we don't bring the force and the energy that's necessary to compete in the game. It looked like that against Sacramento the other night. And, and really, it looked like that was the first time that's happened in some time. Yeah, well, it's easy to sit there and say, well, we were due for a lackluster performance, but the bottom line is we can't play like that. We, we can't come out and uh, not get back in transition, allow teams to blow by us in, in uh, penetration. Um, the bottom line for us is, and I always say bottom line, we, I have more bottom lines than anybody, but we, we just have to play at a high level. And more important than that, our, our guys who are in positions that they've never been in before, they have to embrace it. Um, my pastor in Oregon always talks about studying the Bible is a get-to, not a got-to. And this position that they're in, it's a get-to. It's not a got-to. It's not a prison sentence that you're playing 25, 30 minutes. It's an opportunity. And um, I know fans, if you go out there and play hard and give it your all every single night, you will gain respect, you'll gain more fans, and you'll probably gain some money in your pocket. And, and that's what we've been trying to teach our guys. Because let's be honest, we have guys who've never been in this position before, but this is three years in a row. And we've had injuries. Guys have to step up and, and embrace this, this opportunity. I don't want to say that you guys, because of the, the talent shortfall now with the injuries, have to play perfectly. Yeah. But man, it makes every possession so precious for guys in the situation you're yeah. talking about. That's, that's a pressure-packed situation, isn't it? It is, but what, what I've found out is, you know, every year I keep saying we're, it'll make us better next year, it'll make us better next year, and then we have these injuries or some crazy situation. Um, but the, these pressure situations, over the long haul, Anthony Davis is going to be so much better because it's just going to be normal. And I, I've always talked to the guys about San Antonio, that team and core group of guys, they've seen every situation possible. And if we're going to be that type of team someday, our guys have to get used to those situations. So this, this is a blessing for us. Um, yeah, we hate the record. We hate the injuries. But this should pay off for us someday. As far as your substitution patterns go, rotation's another word for it, what part have you figured out with, with what you have now and what part still are you struggling with? Our, our depth is a struggle. Um, I, I've realized that, you know, Eric and, and AD are going to have to carry us. Uh, Tyree can be a great complement to that group. Um, after that, you're trying to figure it out. Uh, Austin's never 
been a point guard night in and night out. Uh, B-Rob's never played against level one guys night in and night out. Uh, Jeff Withy um, has never been in this position. Darius, you know, he was looked at as maybe our sixth wing, and now he's a backup. Uh, so substitutions can change from night to night just based on matchups, foul trouble, um, or how a guy's playing. So I, I, I wouldn't write anything in stone for us when it comes to rotations just because we just don't have that kind of team anymore. When you've got this situation going on, uh, it prompts me to ask you about your development as a head coach because it, the dynamic of knowing when to hit the gas with your guys and when to throttle back, I don't know if anyone ever really truly figures that out. Where do you think you are in that process? I don't know, man. You probably have to talk to Randy or Dave. They've been around more head coaches in more situations. Um, I, I try to – I think I have a good feel for locker rooms and, and the mood of teams just because I've been on so many. At the same time, head coaching and, and leadership can make you overly aware of any situation. So you have to back off sometimes when you – your emotions are telling you to push. Um, and, and for me, I try to stay as even keel as I can just because that, that's how I think the best when I'm in, in that middle ground. Um, I try not to get too down. I try not to get too high. I know that this is a privilege, and I try to look, look at it that way, and it helps me to read situations a bit better. Let's grab a positive here. Let's ask you about a strength. This group now... Yeah. What is the strength of this group going into this next stretch? Playing with a, at a high level. When we play at a high level and the chemistry of our team is great, and so you couple that with playing really hard, I think we can compete with anybody. I really believe that. I know it to be true. Um, the chemistry on our team is, is, is great because of the leadership, the young leaders, I shouldn't call them leaders, they're young developing leaders. Anthony, Drew, Ryan, those guys have been unreal as far as making sure the guys stay together, going out to eat on the road, uh, the things they do on the plane, uh, even the stuff that they do with me, cracking jokes on me, and those things build big time chemistry. And I think that really helps you get through a tough time. And two of those guys you just mentioned aren't even playing right now, yeah. but yet, they're still involved. Well, I've talked to those guys about the fact that they can't check out, even though they may be out of it right now. Uh, you're still getting paid the last time I checked. And so you still have a responsibility to Mr. Benson to do whatever you can to help the team. And they get that. Um, they're both traveling with the team. They could easily stay home, uh, Ryan and Drew. Uh, but they love being around the guys. Uh, and, and to me, and I, and I want our fans to understand this, we're, we're going to be a better team for all of this stuff if we just don't quit and continue to push and try to do the right things. Our conversation with head coach Monty Williams and our show from here in Detroit will continue right after this. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion. 
because we know we can save you some money. Take flight with your New Orleans Pelicans by getting the entire family on board for a Pepsi Friends and Family Night. Packages are available for select Pelicans home games and include four tickets, four hot dogs, four bags of chips, and four Pepsis for as low as $99. The next Pepsi Friends and Family Night is Sunday, January 26th against the Orlando Magic. For more information and to plan your next night out with the gang, log on to pelicans.com today. The Black and Blue Report is the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings again from Detroit, Michigan. Still to come, Lee Zurich today and Joel Myers. We'll talk about All-Star a little bit with Joel Myers. We talked All-Star a bit, too, with head coach Monty Williams. And here now is more of my conversation yesterday with the Pelicans head coach. Coach, the All-Star starters are announced tonight, and then the process begins of filling out the rosters for the East and the West. You're involved in that. Um, Take me through that process. You know, a lot of times we hear those stories at the college level about so-and-so universities, head coaches, SID filled out his top 25 ballot and all that, and I don't think that's the case in the NBA. So for you, in your role now as helping to select the reserves, what's your process? I I sit down and I look at the the list of guys that are on the ballot, and then I I, I take into consideration their numbers, and how they play on both ends of the floor and their record. And, and I think all of that um, has a lot to do with a nomination. Um, you know, it's easy to say you have to have a winning record to be on the all-star team, but that's not necessarily true. Um, a lot of guys are playing at a high level. They just have, like us, they got circumstances out of their control. That doesn't mean they're not having great years. So I, when I look at it, um, I get some input from coaches, the way I've done it the last three years is, is try to get as much input as I can, and then I try to think about how hard it is for me to coach against that guy. That weighs into it. But it, it, it's not something that I go into lightly because those nominations can change a guy's career, and um, I don't take that lightly. What's the process like? Are there rules? For me? Yeah, I mean, do they do they give you a ballot and say, okay, yeah. you, here are the rules? Uh, they give you a ballot, and there's, there's a few guys on the ballot, um, guys that you can pick from. Uh, at least that's what I've gotten from our, our PR people uh, the last few years. And then uh, you go from there. To me, it's, it's a tough deal because I, I always think guys are going to get left off. I wish they had more spots. Um, if I could recommend anything, um, just is have more spots because there's so many guys that are playing at a high level and um, it's to them it's like failure when you've put up the numbers and, and done a great deal for your team and you don't make the all-star team that doesn't make you um, less of a player it just means there just wasn't enough spots what should we do with perennial all-stars guys like Tim Duncan yeah. Dirk Nowitzki that gosh in a crowded west right now yeah. at that position what do you what do we do with that that honor, I guess. I think those guys have, have earned the right to choose, to be honest with you. Um, I don't think they they take it for granted, but I think they those guys really want to break. Um, having been around guys like David Robinson and Patrick Ewing, uh, they love being named All-Stars, but you know, once you've made 10, 12 All-Stars, they, they kind of know that they're an All-Star, and I think those guys deserve the right to choose. Um, if they want to go or not, 
And it, it's, it's really good for the league if we give them the right because it's probably a young guy sitting there in the wings who could or who would love to be in that position. But that's just me. I think a bit differently than most people. Visiting with Monty Williams here tonight on this Thursday from Detroit. Uh, Coach, put your Team USA hat on for a moment. Earlier today, Coach Mike Krzyzewski, Mr. Colangelo, announced the, I guess what we call the 28 finalists now for the next phase of Team USA. Anthony Davis is on that. Um, I'll ask you about him in a moment. But how much input, since you remember that staff, did you have input on, the, on that group of 28? No, I did not. Um, not directly in the last few weeks. Now, what we talked about this summer, yeah, I had uh, different pieces of input that I gave based on what I saw in practices and what I knew about guys just um, playing against them and what I knew about guys personally. Um, but Mr. Colangelo and Coach K have an idea of what they want to do. They, they've scoured the league and um, a lot of the guys on the, the final roster weren't even at the minicamp this summer. So I think they had an idea of who they wanted on the team even before they asked me to be a part of the coaching staff. I don't think I have any idea how hard that would be to pick 28 guys, let alone 20 that would go overseas. Well, a lot of it is, is uh, availability too. You know, a number of the guys um, have different obligations in the summertime that most people don't understand, but they're, they're pretty important to those guys, whether it be their foundations or charities. Um, or injuries, you know, that plays into it. Like there's a few guys who um, are on the list, but they're dealing with injuries right now, so there's a good chance they won't even come to the camp. Um, some of the guys are getting up in age, and they're, you know, trying to figure out if they're going to go to the world championships or if they're just going to go to Brazil. Um, the bottom line for me is it, it's, it's an unbelievable opportunity. As much as I hate to travel, I'm really looking forward to – uh, being around Coach K and Mr. Colangelo and Tibbs and all the players um, and Anthony being a part of it is just icing on the cake for me because I, I just think the world of him and I think uh, he's a good kid doing good stuff and he's being re rewarded for it. I don't think anybody would have been surprised to see his name today on that list based on being a former Olympian, what he did last summer. Um, I don't want to say that some things are lost on the youth but sometimes they are. Where do you think Anthony is in his, uh, I guess, knowledge or understanding of what this, what this means for him and maybe for this franchise? I don't think he has any idea. I think he will, and I don't think he should. Yeah. I think he should just enjoy it and um, say thank you, thank his mom and dad, thank the Lord for creating him and just have fun with it. I think when he's 45, 50 years old, he'll look back and he'll see another young kid who's, 20, 21 years old, doing what he's doing, and he'll be like, that's amazing. And then he can compare it to himself, and he can say, wow, I did that at that age. But right now, he's riding a wave that most people only think about, and that's got to be an unbelievable feeling. And instead of trying to dissect it and try to figure out what's going on, I think he should just enjoy it and let us sit back and marvel at what he's been able to do in a short period of time. You're talking about a kid who wasn't even on the scene five years ago. And in a short period of time, he's won a national championship in college, been the number one pick, an Olympic gold medalist, and got another opportunity 
to be um, a part of an Olympic team and got a chance to be on the, on the all-star team. Yeah, that's, that, that's crazy. That's a lot of stuff for a guy who's only 20 years old. It's amazing. One more thing before I let you go. You and your staff are in full preparation for the Pistons tomorrow night. Give me one thing, Coach, uh, that I can stick in my game prep for tomorrow night. Well, we got to cut down on their points in the paint. Um, they are really good offensive rebounding the ball and attacking uh, the basket with their bigs. And for us to have uh, a great chance to win, we got to make them shoot contested twos. Got to keep Jennings under control and pick and roll. And Stuckey, um, his ability to get off of the bench and score and play at a high level. Uh, Tyreek and Austin are going to have uh, their hands full with him to when we do play against Detroit. But um, we've got to do whatever it takes to win the game, and, and that's been our mentality. Play at a high level, uh, defend, and try to make sure that you give yourself a chance to win by cutting down on your turnovers and mistakes. It's good to win. Coach, thanks as always. Good luck tomorrow night. Thank you, bro. God bless everybody, and we're busting our tails for you. We want to make you proud. Thank you. And so there you have it. There's our Thursday visit with head coach Monty Williams. It's yours here on this Friday on the Black and Blue Report. Stay tuned. When we come back, we'll bring in the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers, and talk about the all-star starters for the West and the East. Hey there. What you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. N nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report as our show continues here from Detroit, Michigan. We're at the beautiful Townsend Hotel for part of our show today. And the television voice of the Pelicans, Joel Myers, is my guest uh, fireside here at the hotel, Joel. Uh, it's frigid outside. You know, you've come here for years and years and years. Any, any special Detroit uh, memories for you over the years? Uh, I used to work here right out of college, so uh, living in Orchard Lake. Um, great memories, actually. It's one of the most loyal sports towns you'll find in the country. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately for them, since 2004, for the Pistons, they've had nothing to really cheer about. You know, they broke up that team, and it was a veteran team with Bill Ups and Rasheed Wallace that won the championship, but really good. I was here, believe it or not, for almost, I went to most of the starts at Tiger Stadium for Mark Fidrich. So that's how long ago, I hate to say. Well, you're really but, pulling out a name there. You mentioned last night when we were all at dinner, uh, how you had been here one time during the finals, which would have been June, so a much different weather type day than what we have today. Can you, when you hearken back to that time, um, the passion of the fans for that team at that time, uh, probably in stark contrast to what we see today. Well, and the building was jumping. I mean, it's a big building. It holds better than 20,000 fans, so it's, it's a real dank, dark cavern when nobody's in there. It's kind of a shame. That's why they called it the palace, because it really resembled a palace, the way people treated it and everybody responded to it when they when they built it. But 
you know, this, this area, Birmingham, the little village we stay in during that time, it was wild. I mean, Larry Brown was the coach. I saw him and his wife walking around here during that week of the finals. It was an exciting time for Detroit. Too bad that group didn't last that long. Yeah, Pelicans and Pistons tonight, we've heard from head coach Monty Williams already today on the Black and Blue Report. Last night, uh, as we pulled into Detroit, uh, the All-Star starters were announced, and of course that is a, of keen interest to us with the All-Star game being held in New Orleans next month. Um, the Western Conference All-Stars, uh, a couple of surprises, Joel, when you, when you start to break things down. Kevin Love's on that front line with, with Blake Griffin and, and, and the uh, guards featuring Kobe Bryant, which I guess we can't be too surprised about, but yet he had told everyone, right. don't vote for me. Um, starting with the West, when you look at the five that are on the page there, including Steph Curry, uh, what jumps out at you? Uh, that LaMarcus Aldridge isn't on it. Yeah. You know, that's uh, a mistake. Uh, for the most part, the fans did a pretty good job. Usually it's the opposite. They're, they're not on top of it. It's a total popularity contest. Chris Paul probably uh, more than Kobe, and because Kobe's only played, what, six games this year, something like that. Right. And Chris Paul until recently was just phenomenal for the Clippers, the reason they're in the position they're in. But uh, Chris Paul should be there instead of Kobe, and he knows it. And that's why Kobe said, mm -hmm. uh, I'm declining to be a starter, which was a class act right away. He didn't want to be there. It's his 16th All-Star appearance, though, so he'll be there. He'll have fun with everybody, uh, but at the same time, it, Chris Paul should be there as a starter. Steph Curry, they got right. Steph Curry, it's great to see because he could have been a reserve last year, and they could have had two with David Lee, and he didn't go. So uh, Blake Griffin's had a good year. Durant, no question. Right now he's my MVP vote. It's either him, LaMarcus Aldridge, or LeBron James. And, and the way Durant has played with all the 30-somethings lately and 31 a game. Uh, but uh, Kevin Love, that's the surprise. He came on late over LaMarcus Aldridge. So it was neck and neck, Love. You can't complain. But at the same time, LaMarcus Aldridge deserves that spot. What about Dwight Howard? Where does he figure into this mess? Nobody cares about centers anymore. Yeah. You know, it's the same over in the Eastern Conference with Joe Kim Noah. You easily could say he should be the, the guy on the baseline there for them. But... Nobody even thinks about the center anymore because it's like a dinosaur. The yeah. position doesn't exist. Do you agree that they've gone to the, the three front court players as opposed to going with two forwards in the center, the way that they've changed it here in the last year or two? Well, I, I kind of like the way they've adjusted because you've only got about five real centers in the NBA. Roy Hibbert, Joe Kim Noah, Dwight Howard. I mean, you can count them basically on one hand, maybe the first couple of fingers or the other, but there really aren't that many good centers, you know, pure your classic center tie, back to the basket, low post guys. So uh, the league always adjusts. They're ahead of the game. I'll give them credit for that. Yeah, all right. Um, that's fair enough. Uh, you turn your attention to the East here. What do you see in the starting five there with the East that I guess pretty much is highlighted by LeBron James? He'd be the one slam dunk. Otherwise, what else uh, jumps out at you? Well, you know, a couple of guys. DeMar DeRozan is a reserve. We'll talk about that later. Um, he should be a reserve at least. Uh, Paul George, no complaints. Carmelo is always going to score. LeBron, automatic. Irving I like. Mm -hmm. I mean, they recognize he's a rare talent. Now let's see if they surround him with the right guys in Cleveland because they made a couple of mistakes recently in the draft. Uh, Wade, uh, interesting there. Uh, rep reputation. So uh, although, you know, the, a lot of people say, well, no complaints, you know, 10th straight and ninth or 10 all-stars, ninth consecutive start. Um, you can make a case for a couple of other guys in the backcourt. Dwayne Wade, it's one of those things. Everybody knows him. They see him, and they punch him on the ballot box right away. Did it hurt, does it hurt the East, or does it make it harder to pick those five uh, starters when you look at how many teams are down this year on that side of the ledger? Well, it hurts them from the standpoint of the first five, six minutes of the game. They're not going to get a rebound if they miss. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're void of anything on the baseline. You think, I mean, Kevin Love and Blake Griffin should get gobbled up every board. 
if the East doesn't get off to a right. good start. They should be playing catch-up at the inside of six TV timeout. So, uh, you know, the fans did a decent job, but at the same time, either Hibbert or Noah could have started for them on the baseline, and nobody would have argued about that. Fair enough. Okay, now the next step is this. The coaches now will sit down with their respective groups and, and decide on who fills out the roster. Uh, as far as the reserves go, who has to be in, in your eyes, whether it be East or West? Uh, LaMarcus Aldridge, West, obviously. Uh, let's see if Chris Paul gets back in time and gets healthy because of his body of work before he went down with the separated shoulder. James Harden, you know, whether you like him or not, you know, he doesn't play like a defense. He still does amazing offensively, right. you know, as a big guard. And uh, a couple of arguments can be made on the east side, uh, reserve-wise, and we'll talk about that later. Paul Millsap and DeMar DeRozan, both putting together all-stars first halves of the season. What about Andre Drummond on the Detroit side? While we're in Detroit, we can bring up Andre Drummond, I guess. And then on the New Orleans side, is Anthony Davis a viable candidate for those Western Conference reserves? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a battle. Unfortunately for Anthony, you got David Lee and DeMarcus Cousins, who put together really nice first halves of the season, yep. and because LaMarcus Aldridge didn't make it, that's another big right. that's going to be on there. And then you got to take into consideration Damian Lillard in the backcourt. So I'm just thinking of the number of spots that are, you know, that are allotted um, and how many bigs, how many guards are going to have. And over on the Eastern side, you could say Paul Millsap of the Atlanta Hawks. He's had a first half that's been phenomenal. They're not a winning team without Paul Millsap. True. He has been their MVP. And then Chris Bosh. Uh, Wade doesn't play all the time. Bosch does, though, for Miami. And Bosch has been incredibly consistent, one of his best first halves ever. Mm -hmm. So you can make an argument for him as a reserve. All right, as a lover of the game, a student of the game, what, what do we do with the perennials, if you know what I mean? The Tim Duncans, the Dirk Nowitzkis, who both have had nice first halves that, you know, year in, year out have made all-star teams. Do those runs end here, or do, do you see a way that they find a way to get those guys in? Well, Duncan could be. He's double-double right now. He's, you know, and, and he's restricted by the minutes. It's not that he's out there for 35 minutes a game. He's less than 30 minutes a game. So he's, what, 15, 16, and 10 a game, mm -hmm. and that's in 28, 29 minutes. So there's no question with Duncan. Nowitzki's playing a lot of minutes, more than Duncan at least. Um, it, it may, you know, be a difficult one for Dirk Nowitzki overall in the Western Conference because there's so much talent in the West as opposed to the East. Either one's in the East <laughs> that may be starters but it doesn't work that way. Joel Myers, our guest here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll have him back next Friday when those reserves are announced. Joel, I've got you here, and we're in Detroit. Uh, give me your thoughts on the ball game tonight. Pelicans versus Pistons. Can the uh, Pelicans get out of here with a road win tonight? Well, there's no question they can get out, but they can't just show up. And they didn't come out with a ton of energy in the last game. And Monty said it best. He said, not enough here with this group and all the injuries just to play your way into a game and not be ready from the get-go. Mm -hmm. So especially on the road. Well, you're not going to get as many whistles. You're not going to get to the free throw line. Benefit of the doubt is not your way. And Detroit kind of gave away a game that they lost to the Pelicans in New Orleans in overtime. So they got to think of that in the back of their mind. But with that said, Detroit is a real interesting team. You can't figure them out at all. They got so much talent with the two bigs and Monroe and Drummond, who you mentioned. Uh, yet Josh Smith, he's all over the place. He's a roller coaster ride. And Brandon Jennings, is he going to take 30 shots or 10 and make his team better? So interesting uh, prospect going in. Yeah, could be a good one tonight. Joel Myers, David Wesley on the call uh, with Jennifer Hale at Fox Sports New Orleans tonight. You'll see that. Of course, you'll have coverage as well on the uh, Pelicans radio network. Joel, thank you very much. Yes, sir. All right, still to come, Lee Zurich of Fox 8 News. We bring Lee in because, of course, uh, for so long at uh, Newman High School in New Orleans, he played alongside 
Peyton Manning. And we'll get some high school stories from Lee about his time with Peyton over there wearing the green. So that'll be with uh, Daniel Salerson in a moment. And that's how we'll wrap up the Black and Blue Report on this Friday after this quick time. Your mission, win your share of up to $3 million in free play and prizes. M-Life presents License to Thrill, only at Beau Rivage. You could win a trip to London, even a new Mercedes E350. Drawings every Thursday and Saturday. Up to 800 winners. So play for the thrill. License to Thrill. You belong at the Beau. See M-Life Desk for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-888-777-9696. Basketball fans of all ages, NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans and tips off with four days of basketball action. February 13th through the 16th, NBA All-Star Jam Session transforms the New Orleans Ernest N. Morial Convention Center into 40 interactive activities. Fans can test their skills, score free autographs from NBA stars, and pick up the hottest NBA All-Star merchandise. Jam Session is your family's ticket to everything NBA All-Star. Tickets start at just $10. Get yours today at NBAevents.com. He must be a big deal since he's verified on Twitter. He's Sean Kelly, and this is the Black and Blue Report. Our Friday visit with you on the Black and Blue Report is almost done, but before we go, we have one more special guest. That's Lee Zurich, our friend from Fox 8 News. Lee continues to pile up the National Journalism Awards. Wanted to speak with him about that and also talk to him about how he'll be watching the Super Bowl a week from Sunday when his former high school teammate Peyton Manning once again take center stage. Here with Lee Zurich is our own Daniel Sowerson. Thanks, Sean. Not only is Lee Zurich a Fox 8 investigative reporter, but he and his team recently accepted the Alfred DuPont Award in New York City. Lee, congrats on the award, and thanks for joining us today. Thanks a lot. Good to be here. Now, Lee, let's stroll down memory lane a little bit. Uh, obviously, you were a guard for Peyton Manning in 1991, so let's start off by asking a simple question. On the field, what was Peyton like in high school? You know, I have a little different perspective because he started, I was a senior and he was a sophomore. So he started my senior year. And uh, so, I mean, he, he wasn't the, the Peyton he, he is now in that, um, you, you know, just, you know, the, 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 the strong leader, the, the strong vocal leader of the, of the team and the offense. You know, he was a sophomore there starting for the, the first time. So, you know, he, he was, I, I guess, quiet maybe a little quiet but you know as the season progressed he you know he gained a lot more confidence and, and certainly gained the confidence of the team too he seems like now you know like you say he's very focused um very disciplined when it comes to preparing for the next opponent was he that same way as well in high school or is like you said he was very quiet was his you know how he, how he uh prepared for another team was that a little different as well you know, I mean, he was always prepared. I mean, he was certainly always prepared. I mean, the difference is, you know, he was a sophomore. We didn't audible much. So, you know, what was called was basically run. I think we probably audibled a handful of times uh, the entire year. We went to the state semifinals, too. So, I mean, he obviously had a good year and, and led us that way. But, you know, he was always, you know, he was always studious. He knew the game. He was always prepared. Um, you know, I, he was a sophomore in high school. We probably didn't see it close to as much as he is now, but, you know, still, he was certainly prepared prepared for the game. And, I mean, Peyton's a smart guy. So I think that's overlooked sometimes, too. I mean, I'll never forget, you know, we had these honor roll assemblies at Newman, and, and I think his freshman year, you know, 
he, he's announced up as first a first honor roll student. Everybody kind of looked at each other like, "Wow, I didn't know Peyton was that smart." But he's, I mean, he's a he's a bright guy too, and I and I think that translates to the football field. Now you talked about he didn't really audible as much. He he certainly does audible a lot now in the NFL. Did he ever use the word Omaha as much as he does now? <laughs> no, I don't think he ever. I never heard him say Omaha until until the, the football field with the Broncos. <laughs> did, did he ever have a certain code word, maybe a, a different one in high school, a certain one that you would know that he's changing the play? No, not really. I mean, because we didn't audible much. I mean, honestly, like our snap counts, everything was pretty basic. So, you know, he, he has certainly evolved tremendously as, as a quarterback, and, you know, and it's paid off. We're talking with Lee Zurich, Fox 8 investigative reporter, also uh, protected Peyton Manning in high school in 1991. Now, Lee, you talked about him being a smart guy, didn't realize he was an honor roll student. What about socially in high school, off uh, in the classroom? I don't know, being in different grades, you might not have hung out as much, but how was he? How was his personality in high school? You know, actually, we had a uh, – my senior year, I, I took a uh, – computer class uh i thought it was going to be easy in senior year and i took a computer class and there were a bunch of sophomores in there and Peyton was in that class so he was you know he always you know well behaved paid attention you know but had a good sense of humor and you see that a lot now whether it's the commercials or appearances i mean he's a funny guy and uh maybe maybe not as funny as his brother cook but still he's <laughs> funny and uh so uh, you know that that always that always came through but he was he knew how to be a good teammate, and 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 I think that's important now. And and you know, with different teammates, different environments, that changes how you are a good teammate. Uh, but you know, I'll never forget the story that '91. That was the same time period that Dan Marino was big with the Dolphins, and he had Isotoner gloves commercials. <laughs> and the commercials were like, you know, take care of the hands that take care of you, and those were on TV all the time. Uh-huh. And so Peyton, our offensive line, you know, we were four seniors and a junior, and we would harass him constantly, telling him, you know, you've been sacked less than Marino, and you don't take care of us at all. This is ridiculous. And lo and behold, before our first playoff game, Peyton presented us all with isotoner gloves. Oh, wow. (laughs) So, yeah, he kind of got it, and he he knew what to do to, to motivate and to be a good teammate. Did he ever take you and the other linemen out to dinner? No, but he, uh, any time, uh, I think any time we had like a big passing game or we had a running back over 100 yards, Peyton and the running backs would buy the offensive line pizza. So, yeah, okay. That's pretty, yeah. Not yeah. bad. We're talking with Lee Zurich, Peyton Manning. I mean, he's a high school, so he's not like he's making millions back. <laughs> no. Then. Although Archie, you know, I mean, I'm sure Archie pays right. for everything anyway. I should have thanked him. I, I don't know if he may take you out to like a fast food restaurant or, you know, got- <laughs> Taco Bell or Taco something. Bell. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't have been that bad either. <laughs> no, it wouldn't have. We're talking with Lee Zurich, who was Peyton Manning's teammate in high school in 1991. Um, when blocking for him in high school, I know it was only one year, and you knew the success that Archie has had. Did you know how – did you think he was going to be this successful in the NFL? You know, a lot of people have asked me that, and, and a couple of my teammates and I were actually – talking about it the other day and I mean we knew he was good you know I actually I mean there was uncertainty at first because he's a sophomore starting our senior year so you know we knew the pedigree but we didn't know how good he would be and then you know as the season progressed I mean you obviously saw signs that this kid's good but I mean this is coming from Newman High School so you know we didn't have many if any you know D1 or high level D1 players 
so I, I mean, I, at some point in our in our senior year, we're like, wow, this guy he he could definitely play on the next level somewhere. But certainly, you know, we never imagined that he would be, you know, possibly the greatest quarterback in NFL history. I mean, you know, but I, I think that shows just Peyton's work ethic and his his brain and, and how much that has elevated him as a player. Now, one last question before I let you go, and I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Does Peyton Manning win his second Super Bowl next Sunday? <laughs> I think he does. I really do. I mean, obviously, we'll see what the weather is and how that impacts the game. But uh, I think he is focused. He, he, he knows, you know, what this means, you know, for his legacy as, a, as an NFL quarterback. And, uh, and I think he goes into New York and into Eli Stadium and, and gets the win. Okay, I said one last question, but I lied because you brought up another point I kind of want to ask your opinion about. Are you a proponent of the outdoor game in the cold-weather city like uh, New York to host a Super Bowl? Um, no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'll tell you, I was, in, uh, I was in New York this week you know, to get that, that award for the station, and uh, it was snowing. Mm-hmm. And I looked at my wife, and I'm like, can you imagine paying $1,000 for a ticket Right to go to go sit in the snow and freezing. Uh, it just from a fan experience, it sounds awful. But also from you, you know, I, I'm personally at, at the big game. You want the best team to win, and you know if a team suited better for the snow or the rain or something like that, I think it just takes a, a little bit away from from the game. And I mean, I understand you know a lot of people think football is an outdoor game, cold weather, right. things like that, but you know, when other elements get into it, is, is the best team truly getting the opportunity to win? I don't know. I think New Orleans should be hosting it every year. What do you think? I would definitely agree with that. It's <laughs> the best. Anyone you talk to says it's the best Super Bowl city. Absolutely. Yeah. That's Fox 8 News investigative reporter Lee Zurich and former team at Peyton Manning at Newman High School. Lee, thank you so much for joining us. Good talking to you all. Take care. No problem, Lee Zurich. Everyone, Sean, back to you. All right, Daniel, thank you very much. Our special thanks to Lee Zurich this Friday, also to Joel Myers and head coach Monty Williams, too. Don't forget the Pelicans and the Pistons go at it tonight right here on the Pelicans Radio Network and, of course, on Fox Sports New Orleans. And then we're back at you on Sunday as the Pelicans return home to take on the Orlando Magic. That's a 5 o'clock tip-off on Sunday. Also, it's a big jersey giveaway. The first 3,000 kids in attendance receive a Pelicans jersey thanks to our good friends at Rouse's and their partners in Kraft. Again, that's Sunday. You can call 504-525-HOOP or visit pelicans.com to get more information and tickets for that Sunday ball game. The Black and Blue Report returns on Monday. We'll hope to see you then anytime after noon central. We call it No Appointment Radio, the podcast for the Saints and Pelicans fans. The Black and Blue Report is always yours online too. I'm Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. 